The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Wanted to tell you about this. It was a, a recently published paper claiming that participants using a, a drive simulator showed no signs of impairment a day after they smoked cannabis, though they still tested positive for THC. Uh, the study was done by researchers at the Toronto-based Centre for Addiction and Mental Health. And before we get to our, our guest on this, I wanted to tell you how it was done. They gave participants 10 minutes to smoke cannabis to a level they chose and then tested them in a driving simulator. And because they were allowed to control their own consumption, the THC levels in the group varied. They ranged from 0 to 42 nanograms per milliliter, which would be nearly 10 times the legal limit to drive. Uh, then they were put through like a, a driving test on a simulator. And one of the interesting things was um, test 28 or 24 to 48 hours later, they went through the testing again. They were perfectly normal in the driving simulator, but still had detectable levels of THC in them. What does it all mean? Paul Dorshenko is a criminal defense lawyer with Acumen Law. He joins us this afternoon. Paul, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. What did you think about this? What's it telling you? Well, I mean, it's telling us that the uh, that the research that was conducted before the uh, criminal code was amended a year ago to introduce these uh, per se THC limits was uh, was really not there. Uh, the research that we've seen since in this last year has substantiated what a lot of people had theorized, and that was that THC levels are not uh, does not correspond with impairment. Uh, and it also tells me that uh, all of these uh, uh, companies that are adopting. Um, uh, principles within their office, uh, rules that uh, say that you can't come to work after you've used uh, uh, cannabis for two or three weeks or a month or something like that, are, are really out of step with the science uh, and uh, imposing rules that make no sense whatsoever. Well, Paul, yeah, what it's saying is that you could have THC still in the bloodstream, but you're not impaired. And for those people whose jobs depend, it says no THC whatsoever, they could be screwed, couldn't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's lots of people, uh, pipeliners, people who are working in, uh, in the oil patch who uh, are not allowed to show up to work with any THC in their system, mm-hmm. and they can have no impairment. And, and we did our own tests uh, back in February when we were testing the, uh, the Draeger Drug Test 5000, and we found that people who were regular users um, would have THC in their body even if they were not impaired at all. I mean, we would test them on the device, and they would come up positive for having THC, uh, and it, they, you know, there was no indication that they had used any cannabis product in uh, in the hours before. And when they were tested by a drug recognition expert, they showed no signs of impairment. How much research has been going into this? I thought that the um, that there the money that some of the tax revenues at one point uh, being uh, generated from uh, cannabis sales was going to be going into some research about cannabis consumption. What is happening there? Is what's being done there? Yeah, I remember that uh, story. The federal government said they were going to put a certain amount of money yeah. in. It wasn't a lot of money into it, but they were going to put a certain amount of money into it. We haven't seen anything come of that. Uh, we haven't seen any, uh, you know, there's been no indication that's come to us uh, that the uh, RCMP toxicology lab is doing anything with that money or that some other organization is doing it. There's private organizations doing this. I mean, you can see the the, the problem that we had before was that uh, you know, with alcohol, we can do all the testing we want because it was a lawful substance. And with cannabis, nobody could uh, get the, uh, the 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 authority to 
get cannabis and lawfully test it before it became a lawful substance. Now that it is, there's all sorts of people who can do it, and we're going to see more and more of these studies, but I suspect we're going to see a lot of the same, uh, which is everybody's going to basically conclude that, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> you've got to look at whether or not the person is impaired, either in their ability to, to drive or, or not fit for, for duty when they show up at work, um, as opposed to considering THC, because THC uh, tells you very little, and, and even days and weeks after, uh, consumption. For example, if you fast a little bit, if you don't eat mm-hmm. for a few hours, your THC level goes up because it starts to come out of the fat in your body. And certainly there's going to be a difference. Uh, I mean, in this test, uh, the, the, pe- the, the people were smoking uh, the cannabis. Uh, edibles, I mean, <laughs> tick-tock, here we go. And that could be a whole different story as well. Well, it's a funny thing because one of the, uh, one of the earlier studies that we saw out of Europe, they talked about uh, an effect that people have, and that is that most people who are using cannabis um, think to themselves, you know what, driving is, is, a, is a job I don't want to do right now. Uh-huh. Uh, if they're feeling the effects of the cannabis, they're thinking to themselves, that's too much work. Uh, they're also, most people uh, assess themselves to be more impaired than uh, they would be when they do the test. So if they don't describe their own symptoms... Uh, or they're, how they're feeling, and they, they go through the, the test to determine whether or not they're impaired, they can do quite well on the tests. But if you ask them, you know, how are you feeling? Do you feel impaired? They'll usually say, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm really baked. Um, so it's not like alcohol where you suddenly get a lot of courage uh, when you start drinking and you, and you misassess your uh, sobriety. If you're misassessing your sobriety using cannabis, usually you err on the side of caution. And we also see that in circumstances where people do drive when they're impaired by cannabis, that they, they take extra steps to be more careful. They leave more distance between themselves and the vehicle in front of them. And, and one of the things, too, from what I understand and from what I was reading through this research and, and the studies that have come out, I, I mean, the cannabis impairment um, doesn't last as long. I guess it all depends on how much you're consuming and all that sort of stuff compared to maybe to alcohol, that there's that 24-hour hangover effect that they talk about. Oh, I mean, there's, there's people who drink heavy and hard, and they're still impaired the next day yeah. uh, when they're drinking alcohol. If you're using cannabis, even edibles, a uh, pretty good chance that you've eliminated it from your body. Edibles obviously last a lot longer, and as we see edibles, uh, you know, people starting to experiment with it and, and learn how it affects them, we're going to see more and more circumstances where people are going to have some trouble. I can tell you edibles are a, a different experience. I tried it myself, and it was, <laughs> it was uh, startling, the feeling. Uh, and it lasts a lot longer than smoked smoked cannabis. Smoked uh, impairment from smoking cannabis is usually gone forty minutes after you've smoked. So, what do you think? Like, when it comes to impairment from edibles, and and when it comes to, to cases, what what does this mean for for guys who do jobs like you? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think people will be. It'll be a similar situation because the people who are using edibles again assess their own sobriety and usually come to the determination that they are, are more impaired than they actually are. Yeah. Uh, and so even a, a slight feeling of, uh, of not being, everything being right, most people will think to themselves, man, I'm not going to do whatever I need to do. I mean, for me as a lawyer, uh, you know, I'm never going to uh, deal with anything that's uh, part of my duties as a lawyer if I feel that I'm in any way compromised yeah, in yeah. my sobriety. So I just won't do it. And it's the same with drinking, and it's some, you know, a decision that... Uh, something that we all have to do when we're in this field. But uh, if you're doing something that where it's a real safety issue, um, you know, it, it's a problem for employers because people will show up 
uh, and still come to work because they know they have to come to work. Uh, and they may be uh, they may be impaired in some manner, either you know physical, uh, cognitive, or, or physically, uh, as a result of uh, of cannabis use. And uh, it's going to be difficult because how do you assess that person? You can't really rely on THC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are you going to rely on? Are you going to make everybody do a bunch of physical coordination tests? <laughs> are you going to are you going to do tests of them first yeah. to see what their standard is? Uh, and then test them every few months to see if they've departed from that standard, uh, and how impaired do they have to be before they can't do their job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paul Doroshenko is a criminal defense lawyer with Acumen Law joining us this afternoon. Um, with the cannabis impairment cases, how many have you been dealing with? You know, impaired by cannabis has been an offense for as long as I've been a lawyer, and I've been doing it for 20 years. Uh, they've used all the same tools except the uh, saliva testers, we're seeing no increase, okay. nothing substantial. And in fact, uh, we're probably seeing less in British Columbia. We're seeing police uh, ticketing people for cannabis in their vehicle that's, uh, that's not properly stored uh, and not giving them even 24-hour driving prohibitions in those circumstances mm-hmm. where beforehand people would be pulled over, they'd have a little bit of uh, cannabis in their car. In B.C., we stopped arresting people for that a long time ago, uh, and they would just get 24-hour driving prohibitions that they probably shouldn't have been issued. Now we're seeing even less. Hmm, interesting. Um, and I know uh, you guys have been uh, on the, uh, the the Draeger drug testing machine. Where does that stand right now? You've been challenging that uh, a little bit. Where does that stand? Uh, Kyla, uh, Kyla Lee, my associate here, is uh, running a challenge to the use of that in that case that came out a few months back in, That's right. uh, in Halifax. Uh, so she's one of the lawyers on that team. We'll see what happens with that. I think it is set for March. Mm, Uh, It might be a little bit later on in the year. We managed to get the other device, the Abbott Sotoxa. Uh, You know, both of them have their problems. Neither one of them tell you uh, a level of anything. They only just tell you the presence of THC uh, in the saliva. Uh, You can have contaminated saliva from recent consumption and have a very low level of THC in the rest of your body. There, you know, I know the, uh, the City of Edmonton police bought the Draeger yeah. drug test 5000. I was surprised they did. In Vancouver, police officers told me that they looked at it and decided we're not buying this thing, and hmm. we don't even have the temperature concerns uh, here in Vancouver, and we've had a long history of dealing with people you know, with cannabis uh, in Vancouver. We opted against it. I'm surprised that they bothered to buy it in, in Edmonton. It seems like a big waste of money to me. I'm Paul Doroshenko joining us this afternoon. Before I let you go, hey, Paul, I hear that you got a new video, new song out. Got a new video, got a new song. We recorded our first song, uh, Lawyer Told Me Not to Talk to You, which is a country music song, classic country vein. Uh, there's a video up, it's on Spotify, it's on Google Music, you can get it. Um, we did it for fun. Uh, we do these things for fun once a year, we try and do something, but we had such great feedback from that, and we had so much fun doing it, we decided to do another one, and it's a catchy tune. People uh, are listening to it. You can watch it on YouTube, just Google... Uh, Acumen Law, the name of the song is In and Out. And uh, I'm singing. I wrote the song. Uh, these are all original songs by the Acutones. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Multi-talented. Um, we're, not, I think... we're not stopping. We I... solve crimes on the side, too. So. <laughs> and I think you had some T-shirts that said, Lawyer told me not to talk to you, didn't they? Well, that's the thing. So um, <laughs> I, I, I generated this phrase over 20 years of lawyering yeah. uh, to advise my clients when they were in custody 
to just tell the police lawyer told me not to talk to you. <laughs> and um, I started joking that it was so effective that we should patent it. And then I realized, you know what, I could apply for a trademark. So as far as I know, I'm the first lawyer in the world to get a trademark on legal advice. And then I thought, you know what, I should put it on some T-shirts. And I mentioned it on Twitter, and it just went crazy. There it went. So that's what led to it. And uh. Uh, now, now I'm a country music uh, uh, not quite a superstar, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Paul Dorshenko, thanks for joining me this afternoon. All, All the right. best to you over uh, the holidays. Yeah, nice to speak with yeah, you. Take Thank care. You. All right, it's 3.18. So a little bit more on this uh, on this test and the, and the simulator, the driving simulator that they put, uh, the scenario that they put these folks through. So again, it was researchers at the Toronto-based Centre for Addiction and Mental Health that gave um, participants in this study, and I think there was like 1,500 of them, uh, 10 minutes to smoke smoke cannabis uh, to a level they chose, then tested them in this driving simulator, and it ranged from zero to like 42 nanograms per milliliter, which would be apparently nearly 10 times the legal limit to drive is what they were saying. So some people had some, some had placebo, others, um, you know, okay, we're going to rip onto this, uh, this thing. The driving simulator scenario involved a nine-kilometer drive on a stretch of rural highway signed at 80 kilometers an hour with a few simple problems to solve, such as a slow-moving vehicle. Immediately after smoking, the THC group showed signs of impairment. They uh, centered the imaginary car poorly in its lane and and drove inappropriately slow. Um, what was interesting there is that they said that they found significant evidence of difference in driver behavior, heart rate, and self-reported drug effects 30 minutes after smoking cannabis, but found little evidence to support residual effects. Um, and then they said test 24 to 48 hours later, they performed normally in the driving simulator, so they're not impaired but they still had detectable levels of THC. And that is one of the big concerns that uh, people have flagged with this study is that you can uh, not be impaired anymore, but you're still registering THC. And what does that mean if you got, for example, pulled over, tested? What does that mean job-wise if, you're, if you have a job that you're not allowed to have any in your system? Think about that one for a little bit. It's 320. I need a little. Yeah. I need a little. In and out, that's all I really need. I said, hey, don't I get a phone call? Sheriff pointed at the phone on the wall. I called my lawyer who does criminal law. Her advice was so good, glad I made that call. My criminal lawyer, she was there at 8. I told her how I got pinched on a date. She had me for a judge and out by 10. She also got bail for my buddy Len. I need a little in and out. I need a little I need a little in and out, that's all I really need.